live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Pitch on the way. He strikes one well to left field. Back to the wall. Screaming through the night. It's a grand slam. And Acuna doing MVP things here in the top of the second inning. His 30th home run of the year. He makes history with that blast. And man, it's one to remember. A grand slam at Dodger Stadium. He touches the plate. He's the only man in Major League Baseball history to register 30 homers and 60 or more stolen bases in a year. Man, what a moment. Well, there was even more to the moment that maybe Ben Ingram didn't know at the moment. And what a great call, by the way. Kudos to Ben on that call. You heard it here on 1061 ESPN, Braves Radio Network. Last night, Atlanta's 8-7 win, as it turned out, over the Dodgers. As much of a baseball fan as I am, I must admit I went to bed when it was 6-1. Braves figuring with Spencer Strider on the mound. They had that one all wrapped up. But I forgot Mookie Betts plays for the Dodgers, and he hit two home runs. Got him back in that game, got him close, but the Braves won it. Eight to seven. So not only did Ronald Acuna hit that grand slam, uh, not only did he become the first 30-60 guy ever in Major League Baseball, 30 homers, 60 stolen bases, and there's obviously more to come. But how about this? Ronald Acuna got married earlier in the day. On a game day, he got married in the mountains past Los Angeles like yesterday morning, like 45 minutes away from the team hotel, they went off and got married. They didn't tell anybody. Like the, his teammates weren't there. Uh, Brian Snicker, his manager, when he found out about it later, said, uh, I'm better off not knowing most of this stuff, quite honestly. But, hey, congrats to him. How about that? A- and his team won the game, 8-7. to seven. And once the players found out, which I guess was at BP and during the course of the game, they were like, we got to win this game. He's hit a grand slam. He got married today. Uh, we we can't we can't lose this game, right? And they didn't. It was a great, um, great performance by Acuna and the Braves last night, and by the Dodgers to come back in a game like that. If they happen to meet in the National League Championship Series, I hope all the games are as good as that one, right? I mean, Mookie Betts went two for four, three runs scored, two homers. He's got thirty eight on the year. I think Acuna is the MVP. But Betts is at least making it to the conversation and making it interesting. And the Braves now, importantly, have a five-game lead on the Dodgers for the best record in the National League because that gives will give you two things. Um, it will give you home field advantage in the World Series because uh, I think they'll have the best record overall. I don't think the Orioles or anybody can catch them in the American League. And it will give you home field advantage in the National League Championship Series all the way through the playoffs. Um, So that was a significant baseball game last night. As we said, it was going to be that the Braves-Dodgers playing this uh, four-game weekend series, that's pretty special at Dodger Stadium. And that game certainly lived up to its hype last night. It didn't look like it was going to when it was 7-1 Atlanta in the fifth. Uh, But the Braves hung on to win that game 
uh, holding off the Dodgers there in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Pretty wild stuff between Atlanta and Los Angeles. And what can't Ronald Acuna do at this point? I, I think he's your MVP at, at the moment. Betts has given him a run, no doubt about that. But but right now, I, I think it's, it's Acuna's to lose. And they're not losing much these days in Atlanta, I'll tell you that. All right, there you I, go. I've been saying with the Braves, I, I'll believe it when they get punched in the mouth. And they got punched in the mouth and they survived. Um, yes, agreed. And I think we've said this several times now. You know, this is great. This weekend is great. Uh, it'll be a real litmus test for both teams, obviously. But it certainly has the Braves' attention. Not that their attention span has waned. It, it obviously has not, considering what they're, you know, what they're accomplishing and the fact they've won 88 games already but i think this weekend gets their attention a little bit more but it's still going to boil down to october what what they do right. in october will define this team you know a lot of times we have that argument and you know you lose you get upset in the postseason the playoffs everybody's oh it's a wasted year and i try to argue that it's not a wasted year and i'm not going to say it would be a wasted year uh, i, I got to find a better word for it because it's probably pretty close to that if atlanta that's where the pressure is going to be on Atlanta. They've done this. They've been there, done that. This will be six straight uh, NL East titles. They need to get to the yeah. World Series. In this particular situation, it would be a waste. It's as if Philadelphia uh, didn't go to the Super Bowl last year. The Eagles, I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to say that just because Philly hadn't been as consistently good for as long as Atlanta has. So I'm much more with it. I can hear Matt already. He would call it a wasted year for the Braves. I don't think there's any doubt about that if they don't win the World Series. Uh, here's what I would say. I would say I'm going to probably, if they don't get to the World Series, I think that's probably the case. I think once you that's get a, to the World Series, a... well, getting to the World Series is different than winning the World Series, but I just uh, think there's there's so many variables in the World Series itself, I, I think you've reached the pinnacle no. by getting to the World Series. Yeah, yeah, no, they they got to make the World Series. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. If they lose, yeah. they lose. When they lose, they'll lose. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, obviously, you want to cap it off and win the darn thing once you're there. But I don't think I would call it a wasted season if they go to Game Seven no. of the World Series and they lose on a broken bat hit in the bottom of the ninth inning or something like that. That I, I wouldn't say it's a wasted season. I would say not getting to the World Series as good as they've been for as long as they've been and as dominant as they've been this year. Uh, yeah, they they the pressure will be on them to get through October uh, to the last being one of the last two teams standing. At the end, quick so, quick yeah. sidebar. That announcer, yeah, you said his name. I don't know. Ben his Ingram. Name. He's been on the show before. Yes, he sounds a little like Bob Euchre. Am I crazy? Like he has a little Bob Euchre in his cadence. Uh, it, it, it made me feel warm and gooey. <laughs> Ben's real good. I'll tell you that. And he's like I said, he's been on our show uh, several times before. And here's what I've noticed about him this year, because he's had plenty of opportunity to do this. He's coming up with more dramatic calls. Of big hits like that one. But again, that was in the second inning of an August 31st game. Again, big series against the Dodgers, two best teams in baseball. And all, but but that that call had just such it had postseason oomph you, in it. And, you, and I've heard several of him his calls this year like that. Are you saying it's more the impact in his his ability to make that moment big than it is he sounds like Bob Euchre? It, yeah. it was his yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's fair too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I heard the Bob Euchre in his call. A little but bit. Pinch. Maybe. Oh, but maybe it was the impact of the moment of me actually responding to a big moment in a in a baseball call. Could be that. Maybe. Too. Could be. That. It could. It, and that's why baseball's beautiful on the radio, folks. 
I don't care, and I don't care what Charles Barkley says. Baseball is beautiful on the radio, and you have talented guys, especially. And of course, the Dodgers for so many years had the most talented of all the radio guys in Vin Scully. Um, you know, that doesn't get much better than that. And then he he moved over to television towards the end, but you know, his bread and butter was on the radio side as well. Uh, all right, that's how we get the five o'clock hour of the sports huddle going. We spent. A, Excuse me, a lot of time on the ACC expansion and realignment. And I got to tell you, I love what the Christine Lisi at the end of the uh, Sports Center update. She was so deadpan. She was like, Well, this now leaves the ACC and the Big Ten with 18 teams, the Big 12 and the SEC with 16, and the Pac 12 with two. <laughs> she just kind of slid that in there, but it really was funny. I don't think it's funny to Oregon State and Washington State. I don't know what happens to the two of them. I mean, and I saw a headline somewhere, CBSSports.com, I think, and I got a little bone to pick with CBS Sports um, that we'll do after the break here. But they do have a headline that says the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, has ended its pursuit of Oregon State and Washington State. So that may leave them to the Mountain West. I don't know where else they would they would go, and they're not the type of programs that can go out on their own. Um, so that that's it's tough. For the two of them now, and I so and again, I don't blame Cal and Stanford at all for doing what they did here. And like I said, I think there are people who are going to be excited about them being in the ACC. Now, there's one to, at least there are plenty of detractors out there, but Derby Bill DM'd me uh, at least a snippet from what he said was a CBS Sports take. And um, uh, well, let me get to it real quick, uh, and then we'll get to since I started this. Uh, let me see if I can find this that, that Bill sent real quick. So he said CBS Sports has it right. So I assume this is coming from CBS Sports. And, Bill, you will DM me, I am sure. Uh, oh, he did. I asked him where he got that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, I should have waited until after the break on this one, AJ. Uh, so Matt Norlander, who's an excellent writer and excellent reporter, has been covering this story a long time. So obviously his opinion of this is that it's not a good move for the ACC. Um which I don't I don't agree with, obviously, as I've said. So let me just read this real little snippet. So this is Matt Norlander. Thank you, Bill. Uh, that substantiates it. And again, a very good opinion. There's no right. There's no wrong. The ACC's arrangement for the foreseeable future. It's almost certainly going to be worse off in football. In basketball, there's no question about it. A league that is coming off maybe its worst regular season in history. Wow. Just diluted its product. Arguably the proudest basketball league of them all is losing its footing, while the Big 12, Big East, and SEC are positioned to thrive. I haven't spoken to a single ACC coach who is in favor of adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU, but their opinions don't matter in these matters. That's a lot of yeah, look, maybe it has diluted a little bit, but first of all, I'm not so sure I'm ready to say last year was the worst regular season in league history and i'm also not ready to say that they're losing all their footing as the proudest basketball league in the country look i was a huge big east guy and when the big east started to you know crumble and teams like syracuse and pitt came to the acc i was like devastated I'm like what syracuse my alma mater not in the big east ah there goes the big east big east is done and look at the big east now it's got the defending national champion for crying out loud 
in in Connecticut. I I think you're you're too quick to jump and judge here until we see how this thing plays itself. I respect his opinion. I do, and I don't disagree that it's diluting the product. But I'm not sure that you couldn't look at these other mega conferences now and find some weak sisters in those conferences. Well, look, they didn't add Texas or Oklahoma or USC or UCLA. I get it. But I do think they added schools that that fit the ACC. And in time, I think it'll be a good thing for them as they try and stay on that college landscape with those other with those other you, conferences. You know what's interesting? As a big hater of this topic as I am, yes, I, will, <laughs> I will say that everyone has solid opinions or solid facts that back their opinion. And, and time's only going to tell who's ultimately right. But everybody I hear, even even if it's something I disagree with, it's, it's a solid point. Yep, uh, as is Matt Norlander's right there. I disagree with it, but it is a solid point. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, uh, it, that alone makes this intriguing. Like, today has been fun talking about this topic but you know what we're going to put this to bed after today and in the rearview mirror for a while and with the games coming up over the weekend and the nfl starting next week uh, i will be very happy that we will just talk about the games that people play moving on at least for a little while it'll come back up again and it'll certainly come back up next year when when we get to july 1 and they become official members and we see schedules and we see which teams are going where and how they figure all that out and what the college football playoff does now with basically four mega conferences instead of five uh the group of five conferences whatever you want to call them where they get a seat at the table there's plenty of stuff down the road but we're getting into the games, the games that people play. Yep, college football tournament will expand to 270,000. <laughs> Just let everybody in. Everybody gets a trophy at the end yep. and a snack, and away we go. And everybody's, and everybody's happy. <laughs> uh, other than Florida State, they want a bigger snack, and they want a bigger trophy. No one cares. No one cares. About uh, Florida State. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour Friday. It's happy hour, isn't it? It's happy hour time. Sports Huddle here on 1061 ESPN. Here's what we got coming up. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's drive home headlines. Which are brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. Check them out online at James River Air. Dot com. I think we've uh, beaten the uh, top drive home headlines to, to you know smithereens here this afternoon. The ACC realignment, the Acuna Grand Slam, and the Braves win. Uh, the college football. Did you see the end of the Nebraska uh, game last night? Uh, cra- not a great game, quite honestly, but uh, crazy ending. And Matt ruled, um, you know, disappointed in his debut last night. Uh, because, man, they gave up an interception and a field goal at the end and wound up losing that game last night uh, on the road. But still, to Minnesota, a Big Ten game, uh, finished 13-10. to And it uh, it ruined Matt Rule's debut as Nebraska's head coach. Um, Utah beat Florida last night 24-11. Uh, that kind of went about as expected. And we'll get into a little bit of the games that are going tonight and uh, this weekend, one of which we're going to talk at uh, 530. That's VMI. Excited to find out how they do tomorrow against the Davidson team that they've actually played pretty well against. They've actually won some games against Davidson. So Danny Rocco era begins at VMI tomorrow afternoon in Lexington. He's going to join us at 530 this afternoon. It'll be good to reconnect uh, with the former Richmond coach and Liberty and Delaware. Spent a year up at Penn State. 
um, as an analyst, kind of defensive assistant kind of thing. And then Jim Miller, the former AD at Richmond, who hired Danny Rocco at Richmond, took over at VMI and hired him at VMI. And he makes his key debt debut uh, tomorrow afternoon. Danny joins us at the bottom of the hour. 804-327-0888. And we'll take you up to 6 o'clock tonight on the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title, an aspiration they share with a few others. You can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN Richmond. All right, we're flying by today, which is good, which gets us to the weekend. A lot quicker and more college football and high school football again tonight. We've got more games uh, coming up tonight as well. All right, let's get to the phones. Might be the last caller of the week, uh, and we like that. Uh, he ends it with an exclamation point, I'm sure. Hello, Reggie. <laughs> Bob, Hall of Famer, Syracuse Excellent in Broadcasting. Good <laughs> afternoon, young man. How you doing, sir? Syracuse of the ACC, and I have finally gotten used to that, Reggie. How do you think the Maryland people feel? They still think they want to be in the ACC. I think they should be. They should be. (laughs) Bring them back. Bring them back to the ACC. Why not? Let's add another team. Well, right now, some of the Maryland people are a little ashamed. They think it's a step back, but they need to come back with a great rivalry with old left-handed left Giselle and all that. But, Bob, I have to ask ask the question. And and your main man on the board, I'm just hurt. (laughs) That the alumni is popping around little kids. I I, I, I don't know what to say. All, all these behold the green and gold. Shout out to the Bisons. Matter of fact, they'll be fighting for the real HU up in New Jersey this mm-hmm. week between yep. Hampton and yeah and um and Howard. But I, I, I that just hurts. But Bob, <laughs> Virginia Union is playing on the NFL Network this weekend against Morehouse. Being in advertisement in the media, how much free advertisement? Will the 804 be receiving, especially the city of Richmond? Hopefully a lot. And uh, it's a great event and a great game. And, by the way, that that comment from AJ didn't slip by you, did it, Reggie? I think it slipped by everyone. I knew knew who I was talking to. I I, I specifically knew who I was talking to. There's about seven of you. (laughs) (laughs) But tell tell the HVUs, if they want to talk about their school, call in and talk about it. Don't beef about it. Call about it. I tell people all the time, look, people are not going to support you unless you support yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have a school you support, then call in to support them. Uh, can't AJ argue with that. I'm talking about. Yeah. No, yeah. I can't argue with that. And, and yes, those, those games this weekend will be cool uh, to watch. Great opportunity for those guys. Did, did women marry and Camel play last night? They did. William and Mary beat them by 10. It was a more competitive game than I think a lot of us thought it would be. Um, but eventually, William Mary's talent and depth won out. 34-24, hey, my, Rich. You know, that's my man, Coach Mike London. Yep. At one time, he was going to coach at Virginia State under the godfather, Coach Lou Anderson, huh. uh, from the Virginia State. But at the time, he said, nah. He said, Mike, I think you need to take that Richmond job. Go ahead and move on. So Coach Lou kind of looked out for Coach London, and the rest is history. Yeah. Was it on TV? Because I kept switching around, and I couldn't find it on TV last night. No, you had to have the Flow Sports uh, streaming package to get no, it. No, I don't have that. Yeah, I, I, I can't that, afford that. I'm, that, that, I'm just I get you. Me. I hear you. That's the, uh, that's the CAA's 
streaming package, Flow Sports, that right. you would get those games. Who we got in the Morehouse game, fellas? Oh, Union. Yeah. You know, you got to go with Coach Taylor and, and Dr. Yeah. Parker. Come on, now. We lay, we lay in Union, 20 on the 804, staying yeah. up. Well, I, I can't do it? that, AJ. I can't. I can't. You guys can put a bet down. I don't care, but I, I can't do that. But I'll, I'm taking the home team. I'll take uh, the Richmond guys from from Virginia. All Union. right, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, 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 I'm scared of the spread with Richmond and, and, and Morgan State. What's the spread on that? I'm afraid to add. I have not seen one. You're that, asking the wrong. That's guy. the three to four block there, Reggie. Yes, right. Exactly. That's the three <laughs> to four block. I don't think uh, they put. I'm gonna look real. I don't. I don't go to yeah. those sites, Reggie. I, of, I don't. One of us doesn't gamble, and the other gave up gambling after a really bad year. We are. We are not the gambling show. Well, well Bob, I, I'm gonna tell you this. You better save some of those points for your game next week. Don't try thanks. to unload. Don't no change. Kidding. <laughs> no, no kidding, Reggie. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I'm, I'm look. Yeah, they don't list any lines. I just looked for you, just in case. But there's, there's no F- on on ESPN. I'm on ESPN. Matt, I'm sure, has some kind of line. At least by tomorrow morning. I, I look I too. I couldn't find it. I think Richmond will be uh, a prohibitive favorite. Let's put it that way. And they should. Be. Well, well, as long as the check clear, I don't care what the favorite is. Just don't embarrass us. Come on, now. You know, right. I don't want to see a, a, a hundred burger on the board. Well, that's no Morgan. Morgan. Morgan says a good coach, Damon Wilson, and they do yes, have sir. some. Ta- they've got particularly on defense. They've got some talent. Look, I've been studying these guys all week. I'm going to make them out to be Super Bowl champs if you want me to right now and tell you <laughs> no, how, tell no. you how great Morgan State is. <laughs> I, I could do that for you if you yeah, want. I, 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 I know, but reality is going to hit tomorrow when they hit the field. And we know that Virginia is a different – I mean, Richmond is a different class. We'll you see. know, hey, I deal with reality, you know. All right, so la- last act, one. And y'all come. Last one, yes, ODU. ODU, Virginia Tech, who wins? Oh, you know – hey, you know what? I would not be surprised if ODU pulled upset up at Tech. I know they're mad, they're upset for the thumping that ODU gave them. But, hey, I'm going to ride with ODU. Not me. I'm I'm going tech about thirty five to seventeen. There's a chip on ODU's shoulder, it seems. I know. Hey, uh, that hey, are, chip you telling, will... are you telling me that the referee's gonna be holding the whistle every now and then? <laughs> a little home cooking? Is that what you trying to tell me, Bob? Sold out at Lane Stadium, like Reg. That's an intimidating it was factor. Last year. Lane Stadium sold out. <laughs> if they get some of those well, ma- mascots on the team, then Reggie, have a great kids. weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you Tuesday, all right? You too, gentlemen. Y'all take care. Have a happy uh, holiday. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, yes, and we salute everybody in America, the great country that we are, over this Labor Day weekend. And we do not have a show Monday. We'll be back uh, Tuesday in a little bit of a shortened week. All right, uh, let's get a break in here. We're going to talk some real, honest-to-goodness football. Uh, always love talking football with Danny Rocco from his time at Richmond. Interviews with him was at Liberty, all of that. And now he's at VMI. We have a chance to catch up with him as they get set to play Davidson in their season opener tomorrow in Lexington. VMI head coach Danny Rocco next on the Sports Huddle. Sports. All you have to do is accept it. And perhaps send a thoughtful thank you card. Jamie King is live weekday mornings at 7 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Welcome back. Bob Black back.
back with you, Sports Auto 1061 ESPN. Let's talk some college football and let's welcome back to the Commonwealth of Virginia the head coach of the VMI Kedats, Danny Rocco. Obviously, previous stops here in Virginia at Liberty and at Richmond, and now in his first year with the Kedats. Danny, great to catch back up with you and connect. How you doing? Yeah, Bob, good to, good to talk. Hey, don't forget, UVA spent five years in Charlottesville, too. So we've. Uh, we had spent 16 years total in Virginia uh, before I left to go to Delaware, and uh, you know we're excited to be back in Virginia, and uh, you know excited about this group of guys we have here at BMI. Well, tell us about this group of guys. Obviously, it's going to look different, both offensively and defensively. What's your view of this team on the cusp of starting your first season in Lexington? Well, it's really interesting because. When you take a deep dive at at the roster, you recognize that we we have a really good senior class, and uh, the thing about the senior class that's very unique is they experience both the thrill and joy of great success, and then the agony of of defeat. You know, so this senior class has won. You know, they've won. They won the SoCon in uh, the spring season. Uh, they made it to the playoffs in that season. But these same guys went through a very difficult year a, a season ago. So th- that's unique, you know, to have guys on your team that had been successful, guys that had won, guys who had thought they'd maybe turn the corner and turned in, you know, build a winning program to then go out last year and go 1 and 10. Um, so, in some weird way, it's a little bit like when I went to Richmond. And went to Richmond. Uh, Richmond was 0-8 in the CAA the year before I went there. But those seniors on that team had also experienced great success when they were freshmen and maybe sophomores. So there's an idea here that, you know, what BMI did here last year is not a true picture, depiction of who we are. Um, and I think our seniors categorically believe that. They don't see themselves as being, you know, losers or not being competitive in the SOCON and things like that. So I've kind of been building on that a little bit. Uh, and it is a good group of, of seniors, a, a deep group of, of seniors uh, both on both sides of the ball. Well, let's break down those two sides of the ball. And, and as we recall from your head coaching stops, obviously here in Virginia and also at Delaware, you're a little bit more multiple than maybe what they had. Is that fairly accurate to say on both offense and defense? Yeah, I think it's very accurate. I, I think, um, you know, I think offensively we're really looking to be very, very balanced. And balanced to me is not just run pass, but it's in – personnel groupings, it's in formations and formation variation, uh, it's in tempo, it's in cadences. So, you know, we're not going to always play fast, but we will play fast. Um, you know, we're not always going to have three wide receivers in the game, but we will play with three wide receivers in the game. Uh, we won't always have two backs in the game, but we will play with two running backs in the game. So it's this idea to have some balance and uh, um, some – unpredictability you know and having that balance and flexibility and then defensively um we're kind of a hybrid of uh, a, a lot of different things and i can remember i can remember when i was at liberty i was all three four and i went to richmond and, and bobby trot was all four down and we put our two heads together and we kind of created this uh 
this defense that can morph in and out of a 3-4 to a 4-3. And uh, then we've been building that ever since, you know. So we have some safeties that can play linebacker, and we kind of got a linebacker that can play safety. Uh, so we create a lot of different looks. Uh, now, Davidson offensively, you know, running the option, mm-hmm. uh, the gun option, you know, you you, you got to put in something specific to defend that style, you know. So uh, what we're doing here Saturday may not necessarily uh, depict, you know, how we move forward uh, as the season goes on. Danny, is that potentially good to have a team that's so unique on offense like that in your first game where maybe you've got a little bit more time to, as you said, install maybe that one-time defense? Yeah, I would say that we, we, that's a that's a good point. I, I would say that we've done our due diligence and we spent, you know, what I would recognize as the proper amount of time on, um, you know, what it is we need to do. And we brainstormed from, you know, when I was at Delaware playing uh, uh, different teams that ran this style of offense, uh, when I was at Richmond, uh, when I was at Virginia. I mean, it really goes on and on. So we've kind of put some ideas together that have been out there. And then really, to be quite honest with you, a lot of the stuff we're doing here on defense this year is similar to what we did at Penn State last year. I felt like in that one season where I was kind of sitting in a different chair, um, I, I really felt like I learned a lot, and I felt like uh, philosophically I was able to grow, you know, uh, and uh, look at things from a slightly different perspective, you know, and in doing so, uh, you know, James Franklin was very influential on that. Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator there at Penn State, you know, so we, we took some ideas that they were doing uh, that are going to be alive and well here in, in Lexington. Uh, but you're right, in this opening game, um, you know, we're going to be very focused on defending a, a very specific style of play. So heading into week two, you know, what we put on film defensively may not match what Bucknell sees week two. Catching up with Danny Rocco via my head coach. They've got Davidson to open the season Saturday. So your comments about Penn State kind of kind of beg the question a little bit, Danny. I mean, you, you played there. You're not, you were on the staff there. Uh, you had mentioned to me your son is coaching there. Um, why give that up after a year and come back to being a head coach? And well, other than the reason of doing it for our good friend Jim Miller, what kind of attracted you to come back, be a head coach, and do it at, at VMI? Yeah, well, it's, you know, Jim was very influential, uh, instrumental, I think, in getting it done. I think he was uh, pretty quick to reach out, and, and Jim has a really good way about seeing the big picture and kind of getting things done, and uh, so that all played out in a really, really good way. Also, you know, most of our our, our, our David, our kids grew up in Virginia. You know, my brother Frank's down there at LCA. Mm-hmm. My brother Dave's in Charlottesville. Uh, we have family here in the state. Julie has a lot of friends uh, in the state. It was comfortable. I had great respect for uh, the Institute. You know, when I was at Liberty, we played here. We played in, we were in the Big South Conference. I guess, probably played them every year mm-hmm. when I was at Liberty. had great respect for their kids, their program, their coaches. Um, but you know what? To take a deeper, kind of more transparent dive into this, um, I just was longing, really, to, to be a head coach. I had been one for 16 seasons, the last 16 uh, prior to Penn State. It, it, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it's what I do best, you know, and it's kind of like 
no different than you, Bob. I mean, we're relatively in the same age bracket, if you will. And, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you know what you do best and you know what motivates you. You know, well, what is it that motivates you to do your job? And the tasks that I was doing at Penn State, I really thought helped me become even a more, a better coach, a uh, more open to different ideas. They were really valuable tasks. But they weren't the tasks that I felt like I really excelled at or did best, you know. So uh, some of those things, I think, really, really factored in. And uh, I'm very blessed and very fortunate and honored, to be honest with you, to to represent and lead uh, our program here at VMI. Absolutely. Makes an awful lot of sense. Hey, lastly, Danny, we started the conversation. The first group you talked about was the senior group. Uh, at a place like VMI particularly, how significant, how impactful is that? And the second part of that is what's the challenge to continue to have a good senior class knowing kind of the wild, wild west landscape that we have in college athletics today? Yeah, the second part of the question is hard to frame right now. It's just so hard to kind of put in a box and say this is how we're going to manage that. But I think the first part's really, really unique. So you're looking at a group, you're looking at a program, an institute where the freshmen, the incoming freshmen, you know, the rookies, the rats, as they're referenced here at VMI. They go through a really, really challenging experience, you know. So it's been amazing to me, just extraordinary, how helpful our seniors are to these young people. And it's not always like that. You know, sometimes the seniors don't acknowledge their freshmen. You know what I mean? It's like you guys got to earn your stripes and you guys – you got to do something before I, you know, really reach out to you or become a friend or relationship. It's not like that here. Our seniors are really serving back into the program, and they're here to serve. They're here to serve each other. They're here to serve those that are coming in behind them. Very, very unique. It's very powerful, you know, and if you can make that really part of your culture, where the older players take responsibility and accountability to seeing the younger players through the trials and tribulations and the hardships, um, there's something there that's very strong, very powerful. I'll call it a bond, you know. But so that that's been really impressive to me to kind of watch all that unfold. And you know, another thing about VMI that I think is really intriguing in this day of NIL and transfer portal. Um, when you, if you're an alum of, of VMI and uh, you came to school here, whatever decade you want to pick, you know, um, you know that the cadets, the cadet athletes that are out there playing, representing the institute, are going through the exact same experience you went through mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Whereas when you go to some other areas of the country at a higher level, you know, alumni are going to games rooting for a team where a large percentage of those players will not graduate from their school. Mm-hmm. And a large percentage of those players didn't start at the school. They just came here to finish. And a bunch of them already have a degree from another university. So it's really unique. So when you talk about a legacy, 
right? You talk about things like that. This place is different. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> the challenges are real. Like, there's no doubt about that. The challenges are real, right? Everything you read, heard from Scott, everything, it's real. But the flip side of that is there's some real honor in this. And, uh, and, and that's why I say it's a privilege uh, for me to be in this position uh, at this stage of my career, uh, being able to continue to mentor and do what I love to do. Well said, sir. Danny, good luck against Davidson on Saturday and throughout the course of the season. Look forward to catching up with you more. I, I appreciate you, Bob. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. I love talking with uh, Danny Rocco. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Coach. Um, always enjoyed our, our pre-post-game interviews, wins, losses, whatever. He could he could probably have a career in TV radio. He's got that, that deep, solid voice, and boy, does he ever know the game. And he knows how to win. Like, he's been a winner everywhere he's been and he and he wins quickly he's taken over programs including richmond's that were coming off of significant losing seasons he did the same thing at liberty as well and and turns them around pretty quickly and he gets a chance starting tomorrow um against davidson that's one of the teams vmi's actually had success with over the years lead the all-time series 40 to 17 um and have won 11 in a row now that dates back a ways they've only met a couple times and that's probably a game that's that's worthy of both teams on their schedule vmi and and davidson right um so anyway so he's got a chance to do that tomorrow and and don't forget davidson's head coach is scott abel who coached at washington and lee uh, for quite a while, before, which is in Lexington. It's the other college right there, uh, basically across the road from VMI. So, And he was really good there, and he's got Davidson going in the right direction as well. They make the playoffs every year. They're in a non-scholarship league. They win it, and they get to the postseason, which they did last year before losing in Richmond to the Spiders. So Danny Rocco, we'll have him back during the course of the year, and you know, hope they have a successful first season for him and kind of turn things around. I'm looking at their schedule. It's not going to be easy because they go to Bucknell next week, then to North Carolina State, uh, payday game there, and then they start SOCON play against Wofford at home on September 23rd. Danny Rocco, our guest here on the Sports Hub. All right, let's get one more break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It's been a busy Friday in the sports world. We'll tie it all together for you, get you to the long holiday weekend when we come back in just a moment. 1061 ESPN. As the Braves roll toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title. They still have plenty of obstacles to clear before that, and you can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN, Richmond. We, I, tend to kind of focus on the college football game's Closest to us, which unfortunately at this point means there's not much scrolling through the top 25 because there's nobody there right now. No Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, JMU, um, which opens tomorrow against Bucknell, or uh, Liberty, not in the top 25 yet. So I was kind of scrolling down top 25 teams that are in action this week. Of course, Virginia gets one of them, the first game tomorrow, the noon game in Nashville against Tennessee. Michigan's the number two team in the country. They get East Carolina. That's also a noon game tomorrow. A lot of eyes, and this one's on Fox, will be tuned in at noon for Colorado and TCU. TCU, of course, making it to the national championship game and then getting blown out by Georgia last year. But Colorado and Deion Sanders makes his coaching debut with, with Colorado Tomorrow, let's see, TCU is about a 20, 21-and-a-half point favorite, 21-point favorite in 
in that game. There's a lot of blowout lines out there. Michigan's a 36-point favorite. We've talked about Tennessee, about a 27.5, 28-point favorite in that game. So a lot of teams with their tune-up games. Ohio State and Indiana play a Big Ten game, and Ohio State prohibitive favorite there, although it is in Bloomington, but they're still like 30-point favorites in that one. Let me uh, just scroll down a little bit more on the top team. USC, which opened with that uh, first game win, plays Nevada at home. Uh, and then the, the bigger the bigger games, um, Alabama gets a, an easy one to start with with Middle Tennessee. West Virginia and Penn State, that's the NBC game Saturday night at 7.30 um, in Happy Valley. North Carolina, South Carolina, that's that's the big one, a border war there between uh, the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels. That's the 7.30 game on ABC uh, tomorrow night. And uh, the Sunday game is LSU-Florida State. Uh, at 7.30 Sunday night on ABC, and then it wraps up. And David Teal talked about this, you know, when we talked with him in the 4 o'clock hour about the realignment and expansion and all that and, you know, the waves that Florida State particularly created and then Clemson a little bit. Well, they don't have gimmies, and the lines kind of indicate that. First of all, Florida State's an underdog in Orlando at that uh, Camping World kickoff against fifth-ranked LSU. Uh, LSU is about a two-point favorite. In that game. And then Monday night in Durham at Duke, ninth ranked Clemson opens its season. And now Clemson's fairly, you know, heavily favored in this game. But as, as David said, don't be surprised. Duke gives them, them quite a battle. Duke's coming off one of its best seasons in a while. Nine wins, went to a bowl game, won the bowl game, have a lot of those guys back, have an underrated quarterback. Um, I'll be hoping Duke gives them a game for sure. But Clemson is a 13 point favorite in that one and then one more reminder i know we've been doing it richmond and morgan state uh right here on 1061 espn 5 30 airtime tomorrow six o'clock game time for the spiders and the bears of morgan state right here on 1061 espn and braves baseball all weekend long as well and this is a good time to do that because it is braves dodgers the leaders in the nl east and the leaders in the nl west they had a great one last night that we talked about and that series continues and you'll hear that one this evening as well, let me just check that real quick for you. Yeah, it's a 10-10 start, so 9:55 uh, airtime. Max Fried is on the mound tonight for Atlanta. Julio Urias on the mound for the Dodgers. 10-10 tonight, game two of that three-game series. Uh, already this afternoon, Cubs beat the Reds. That's significant in the Central and the National League uh, Wild Card. Uh, Cody Bellinger, the former Dodger, uh, I think a lot of people thought he was about done. He's had a big year for the Cubs, and he knocked in three runs today in their 6-2 victory over the Reds. Anyway, you get Braves baseball all weekend long. I think they're the Sunday night game as well this week uh, against the Dodgers, and that makes total sense. They should be as the two the two best teams there. Uh, actually, no, they are not. They are not the Sunday night game. The Yankees and Astros, the Sunday night game. Boo, ESPN. They should have switched that up uh, at the last minute and not gone Yankees Astros. They should have gone Braves Dodgers. Don't hate. Who rep- What's that? Don't hate. Don't hate the Yankees or don't hate ESPN? <laughs> Either. Well, I like ESPN. I hate the Yankees. Don't hate. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So that's the Sunday night game. So you get Braves baseball in the afternoon on Sunday. And then, uh, again, football wraps it up on Monday night with the Clemson and, and Duke game. Again, uh, we're off on, on Monday to enjoy the long Labor Day weekend and get us really into the fall. Hope uh, you enjoy watching college football this weekend. Hope your team does well. And we'll have an opportunity to talk all about it when we reconvene on Tuesday afternoon. We'll enjoy the long weekend as well with the Spider game tomorrow and then an opportunity to just sit back and watch some games uh saturday and sunday aj as always great job today and really all week long we have had a busy uh really uh guest filled week has made it an awful lot of fun this week as well and appreciate the guests that we had uh this afternoon particularly david teal at the top of the four o'clock hour because he's had quite the busy day covering the acc realignment story and that he's been on several uh, radio shows and podcasts throughout the course of the day as well so his perspective was uh, very much appreciated in the four o'clock hour and then danny rocco you just heard from him the vmi head coach putting the finishing touches on their preparations for their opener tomorrow against davidson all right that's it for us enjoy the weekend be safe out there enjoy it celebrate but definitely be safe and come back with us on Tuesday. We'll all do it all over again. Jamie King gets you started at 7 with the Sports King. Big Al at 8 with Sports Phone from 8 until 10. The new ESPN programming lineup starts uh, Tuesday. We'll have it for you middays here. And then Matt Joseph's with Border to Border at 3. And the next Sports Huddle, 4 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. Hope to see you at Robin Stadium for Spider Football tomorrow evening. That's it for us. Talk to you Tuesday at 4 with the next Sports Huddle. Right here on 1061 ESPN. Go get him, Sam Howe. This is a special alert to all Americans who own.